Good morning. Morning church. Great to see you. Just wanna I just wanna clarify, right? I was made to wear that shirt. Okay. Before we go any further. Um I, I it was made for me and I had to wear it, but it wasn't my choice, was it Deb? So um great to see you all, all of you up there as well. And um, for those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Phil and I'm part of uh, the team that helps lead this church and it's, it's an honour to be with you this morning and um, yeah thank you again to everybody that um, gave towards that we bless so many people we've we've rebuilt homes for people whose houses have fallen down you can't even get your head around that can you I can't get my head around it but we have um, we've blessed widows and orphans and we've blessed pastors and we've got a fund now in Malawi thanks to you guys where pastors can come and um, get help so that they can bless their communities. So it's amazing, it's all come from you guys. And it was, it was like a throwaway comment, wasn't it? You know, we just needed to raise 200 pounds and we raised over 1,200 pounds. Just such a blessing. What a great church you are. Amazing, you are awesome. You don't even realize how awesome you are, but you are awesome. Um, we're in the series of James. And um, we're going to be looking at James um, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. And um, I remember years ago, um, you know, somebody saying to me about, you know, when people challenge you, you know, um, that um, correction is not rejection, it's redirection. Yeah? Correction is not rejection, it's redirection. And I think one of the things that James does, and I think what Luke brought last week was was some of that, it's like... um, James' James's letter is a pastoral letter but it's actually a very challenging pastoral letter and it, it actually gets you to look at yourself and James was, you know, he's saying like, you know, if you, if, you, if you look in the mirror and then forget what you look like I mean, come on, you know, you've got to not just hear the word you've got to do what it says and it's, it, it is going to be a challenging series because that's the nature of the book the book is designed by James. He, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, to get the church, you know, to, to look at themselves. And what we're aiming for is perfection. What we're aiming for is like God's standard, not the church's standard, not the world's standard, not our standard, not our personal moral standard. We're aiming for God's standard. And God's standard is so much higher. So there's always more. There's always a different, pl- a different level to go with God. And it, it is challenging. And as I've been reading what we're going to be reading today, I've been challenged. I'm, I've been massively challenged on it. Because it's like, you know, we're not perfect, are we? And, you know, far from it, in fact. But God is challenging us. He's, he's, he's trying to pull us up. He's not pushing us down. It's not condemnation. It's come up here, guys. Come, come to where I am. God's always calling us up to where he is, to be where he is. So let's just read James 2, 1 to 13, and then we'll get, we'll get into it. Um, what time is it? I've got no time. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, 
But you say to the poor man, you stand there, I'll sit at the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear friends and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It's not the rich who are exploiting you. Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? And are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you're doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but you do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So this is a family discussion. This is a family discussion. It's a family issue. And, you know, we're here as family. And, you know, James is in the same place. And this is a letter that's going around the churches. And it's a family discussion because he says, my brothers and my sisters, believers. He's not talking to people that are not believers. He's not talking to people that are not part of the family. He's talking to, to believers. And he's, he's getting them to focus on something that must have been an issue. That there'd been favoritism. There'd been something creeping into the church that was not helpful. And he, he, he's, as the leader of the church in Jerusalem, he's, he's, speaking, he's speaking into that. He's putting his finger on it. Favoritism, the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. And in the book of Acts in the early church, there was that issue arose really, really quickly. You know, Jesus had gone, um, the Holy Spirit had come down, the apostles had started to build the church, and they started feeding the poor. Straight away, they started feeding the poor. The very first thing they did, first ministry that came out of the church, yeah? There was the preaching of the word, there was the breaking of bread, and there was the feeding of the poor. And what happened was they... The Greek Jews, Jewish widows, started to feel like they were being overlooked. That the, the Jewish widows were being possibly favoured. And there was a bit of a dispute. And so the apostles had to, as well, just look into that and go, right, let's, let's do something about that. So they appoint people, don't they? They appoint men full of the Holy Spirit um, to act as deacons and to administrate that. So whenever this thing, favouritism raises itself then it needs to be addressed and the example that James is using is between the rich and the poor but it could be a different group it is literally whenever we give um, unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another that is favoritism and we can't have that in the church can you imagine you know in jubilee if um, you know if all the people that are wearing nice labels, what have I got on? Ben Sherman, right, I get in. Right, so I've, I've got in, I've got a Ben Sherman top on. Right, I get in, I get to sit on the front row. 
right? And everybody else who's been to as the George has to sit at the back, right? Or something like that. Can you imagine? Ridiculous, isn't it? But, you know, maybe that sort of thing was happening in the church. You know, that, that there was discrimination going on. In Roman culture, if you were wealthy, you would wear rings on your left hand. In fact, there were even shops in Rome where you could go and hire gold rings for special occasions. So you could like fancy about, you know, pretending that you was wealthy. So it was their culture um, to um, basically honor the rich. In the Jewish culture, it was the same. They, they kind of believed that if you was poor, then it was, it was because you were cursed or there was something wrong with you or you'd, or you'd sinned or you'd done something wrong. That's what they believed. And so Jesus um, had spoken into that and James is speaking into that as well. And he's saying, guys, you've got it wrong. You can't discriminate, right? You, you can't show favoritism, right? You have to treat everybody the same. We have to treat everybody the same. It's not, a, it's not a kind of like a, a small ask, it's a big ask. He's saying you must not show favoritism. Full stop. There's a full stop after it. Right? It's like you must not. And why? Because it's, it's a kind of like bullying. It's a pushing down of a, of a group of people. When you treat people like that, it makes people feel really, really bad. Right? That's not the heart of God. Right, God is calling a people right, out of all of the peoples of the earth. Can you imagine, just imagine that for a moment? Right, all of our different cultures, you know, God's not English or Anglican, you know that, right? You know, it's like God's not English, right? And he's calling together all the peoples of the earth. And we're all, we're all different and we've all got our, you know, but in able to do that, we've got to put on love and love each other deeply from the heart. In the culture that they were in, it was all about um, self-wearing of rings, showing off. God was self. Mammon was God, the, the God of money. And the problem with that is that when you, when you go after those things, those things want you absolutely. It says in, in the word that people eager for money have wandered away from the truth and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. You see, if you serve money and you serve the God of money, Mammon, then it, it, it demands your complete and total allegiance. The poor, however, are in a different place, aren't they? The poor have nothing and so maybe find it easier to trust in God. We've just been watching Shine. You know, some of the people there, they trust in God so much more than I have got an understanding of because of their position. They're their place with God is, is remarkable and um, the poor are so close to God's heart and it should be the opposite shouldn't it we should honour the poor above everybody else but in doing that we'd be discriminating against the rich and we can't do that and that's why we can't show favouritism we can't show favouritism but we need to keep checking ourselves, don't we? I mean, surely Jubilee hasn't got that sort of problem, have we? Have we? Do we have that problem? We need to check, don't we? You know, do we, do we show favoritism? Um, do we discriminate? I'm, I'm asking you, like, proper questions here, church. Right? And I want you to check your own heart. 
Are you, are you prejudiced? Is there prejudice in there, in your heart? Is there racism? Do you believe that one race is inferior or fear, you know, superior to another? Do you believe that? Interesting. Chauvinism. Excessive or prejudiced loyalty or support of one's own gender. You know? Is it girl power or bloke's rule? You know, I, I don't know. You know? Is the shoving or is the bigotry? Intolerance towards those who hold a different opinion from oneself. Is that something that's crept into the church? Is that something that's crept into your heart? Are you, are you displaying any of those things? Because if you are, then we, we need to get that right. We need to turn away. The church is often um, accused of being um, bigots because we, we trust in the word of God. And that's like a, it's kind of like a difficult thing. But you know, you can love people that hold a different opinion to you. It's about how we love, isn't it? You know, I'd, I'm not going to, right, I don't agree with, with everything that everybody says in this church. Right? I don't agree with everything that everybody does. But I love you. Because God's told me to love you. And it's the same, with, like, I've, we've got people in our family that, um, you know, that we, we don't agree with. You know, but we still love them. So it's like, and our benchmark has got to be the word of God, hasn't it? It's like you've got to have a baseline. You can't just believe any old thing. You've got to have a baseline. And the baseline has got to be the word of God. That is on what we stand for our, for our doctrine. You know, Paul says it lovely, doesn't he? He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking, training and building up in the faith. That's, that's, that's our benchmark is the word of God. And we, we trust in the word of God as our, our authority. And, you know, and... But if somebody's coming to you with a different idea, you say, well, I'm hearing you, brother, or I'm hearing you, sister, or I'm hearing you, not brother or sister, I'm hearing you, person in the world, and I understand what I'm listening to what you're saying, but I actually believe in what it says in God's book. So although we don't agree, can we just, you know, can we still maintain the relationship? Can we still maintain the friendship? You can disagree, but in love. If you show favoritism, it shows um, actually that you um, are spiritually immature. Everybody goes, oh, did he really say that? He's calling me immature. But it does show that you are spiritually immature if you show favoritism. Because you lack the understanding of your own salvation and how um, the cross of Jesus Christ actually works. When you placed your faith in Christ, Jesus forgave you. He treated you just like he does everybody else. Your wealth didn't matter. Your skin color didn't matter. Your education didn't matter. Your appearance didn't matter. Your gender didn't matter. Your history didn't matter. And it didn't matter if you were religious or not religious. You were treated equally. You were forgiven equally. You were adopted equally. And you were saved equally. Everybody is exactly the same before God. Everyone. And so if that's true, if, if, if all these people are good enough for Jesus, 
then they better be good enough for you. They better be good enough for you. Because if you, if you don't get that, you've missed it. You know, it breaks my heart, the history of, um, of, of some of Christendom and, and some of the things that were taught in, in, in the past. Terrible. Because God loves everybody equally. Salvation is not dependent upon us. It's dependent upon him. The power of the cross saves absolutely everyone, despite it all. How can you claim to have faith in your glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favour some people over others? Favouritism dishonours people. James says that you dishonour the poor. The poor are rich in faith. Rich in faith because they trust God. James 2 again. Listen my dear brothers and sisters. Have God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonoured the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? God loves the poor and God loves the rich, but often with the rich, God is in competition with the God of money. Not so with the poor. So we can't discriminate. And there's a really great passage in Luke 18, 18 to 30, the rich young ruler that you will know. And it says, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. And when Jesus heard this, he said to him, still you lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked him, Who then can be saved? And Jesus replied, What is possible for man is possible for God. It's about the heart, isn't it? It's about the heart and, you know, um, there's all sorts of like discussion um, among theologians about what the camel going through the eye of the needle is and um, some theologians have said it's like there was a special gate in Jerusalem that was called the camel gate and it was very thin and so the, the load of nonsense, what a load of rubbish, right? There isn't such a gate, there's never been a gate like that found, right? It's not true. No, it was hyperbole it was Jesus saying like you know it's literally it's, it's that hard but what is impossible for man is possible for God God is able to save the rich and God does save the rich because he better do because that's us isn't it I mean we're the rich you know we're the rich you know if you earn 30 grand a year you're in the top 10% of wage earners in the world shock <gasps> really no it's true it's true if you earn 30 grand a year you're in the top 10% of wage earners in the world. So we're the rich. So it better be true. And it is true. 
It is true. But you see, it's clear, isn't it, that we're not saved by our own merits. You know, in their day, wealth was seen by many to be a proof that they were right with God. Rabbis taught that rich people were blessed by God and more likely to be candidates for heaven. Jesus comes along and smashes that and says, no, that is completely false. It's completely false. The disciples had appropriate response. They were utterly amazed and asked, who can be saved? If the wealthy among them can't be saved, how are the poor going to be saved? Men are saved through grace and grace alone, not by works, so that no one can boast. We're saved by grace and grace alone. We're not saved by the things that we do or the wealth that we have. And the last thing I want to say is that favoritism is um, overcome with mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And I won't read it, but you know, the story of the unmerciful servant, there was this guy who gets forgiven, doesn't he? Gets forgiven by his master and um, gets let off a debt and then he sees another servant who owes him money and he has him thrown into prison and when the the king sees this he gets really angry and you know and he says you wicked servant you know I forgive all of your debt I forgive all of your debt but you wouldn't have mercy on your fellow servant and it says I'll just read the last the last passage then the master called the servant in you wicked servant he said I cancelled all of the debts of yours because you begged me to Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from the heart. We have to show mercy. We can't show favoritism and we have to show mercy. We have to show mercy. Mercy is an expression and an extension of love. It's an act of kindness and compassion and favor. Mercy is a characteristic of the one true God. We should receive judgment, but in fact, we receive mercy. And the cross is all about mercy. It's because of mercy that Jesus came and died on the cross for me and for you. Our sin and our wrongdoing separate us from the living God. Our, our iniquities separate us from God. But because of his mercy, God sent his son Jesus to come and die on a cross for us to take the punishment. There is punishment and there is judgment, but it's not for us. It's placed upon Jesus. You know, this last couple of weeks in Malawi, I've been teaching evangelism. That's what we've been doing. You know, God loves you. Can you see that, everybody? Yeah, God loves you. But you've messed up. Yeah. You've messed up and that's separated you from the living God. But God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. That if you receive him, you could have eternal life. And be set free. And then you've got a decision to make. Yeah. Do you want to live for him? To those who received him. To those who believed in his name. You give the right to become children of God. You have to receive. Eternal life is a gift. 
and as a gift it has to be received and that, that's, a, that's like a really simple four point gospel but it's really cool that's what we do when we're out on the streets by the way that's, that's exactly what we do we share the gospel like that because it's dead simple and you see the gospel is simple you know and we all need to get better at doing it me included I encourage you to come next Saturday morning 9 till um, 12 to do the evangelism training with the Billy Graham Association it'd be great if anybody of you are free to volunteer for the welcome team or to help with PA um, that would be great as well I don't know if anybody of you are free but please come would you all like to stand Should we just do a bit of business with God? Should we, um, should we just invite the Holy Spirit to come and, and just, invite, um, just invite God into, um, just to, I don't know, just to highlight in our hearts if there's anything. If there's anything there that is, you know, prejudice, discrimination, favoritism. Should we just invite God to, just to make us better people? It says, you know, that we should keep short accounts with God. And I, I really agree with that. So let's pray. Let's just close our eyes and just, um, just, just lift out our hands to God. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this word to us today about favoritism, Lord God. And Lord, where we've, um, where we've, we've had that in our hearts towards a person or a group of people Lord we just want to say sorry we want to repent Lord God we want to turn away from that and we want to uh, replace that with love and mercy Lord we invite you into our hearts we pray that you'd show us any error that is in us and Lord we, we pray that you would come in and that you would forgive us and that you would um, help us to walk free in love and in mercy in Jesus name and give, give the Holy Spirit a minute to work just give him a bit of time just give God a bit of time more Lord, more of you more Lord more Lord yes Lord more Lord Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart. Change my heart. Change my heart. Create in me a new heart, oh God. Create in me a new heart, oh God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yeah, some of you this morning...